Hello everyone, it's Professor Clark again, and today we're going to talk about voiced and voiceless consonants and the voicing and devoicing of consonants in Russian words. This might sound a little esoteric or intimidating, but most of it is really pretty easy and straightforward, and you already know how to do it. So with that encouraging thought, let's jump in. So you may not know that you know how to voice or devoice consonants, but you do. All consonants are either voiced or voiceless. And the difference is with voiced consonants, the vocal cords vibrate, while with voiceless consonants, the vocal cords do not vibrate. And this might sound weird and esoteric, and you're like, oh no, how do I figure out how to do this? But you already know how to do this. Anyone who can speak can do this. And you can feel the difference very easily by putting your fingers over your Adam's apple and saying the sound zh, as in, uh, for example, the word casual, but say it really long. Zh. And now turn that sound still with your fingers on your Adam's apple, turn that sound into the sound sh like in facial. So sh, zh. And you'll notice that those sounds have your tongue and your lips in exactly the same position. The only difference is that when you say je, your Adam's apple vibrates. And when you say sh, your Adam's apple does not vibrate. So je is the voiced version of the sound and sh is the voiceless version of the sound. And we do this in English, like I said, in the words uh, casual and facial, for example, and Russian does it with their consonants as well. Something that Russian does that is a little bit different from what English does is that it has pairs of voiced and voiceless consonants. These are like the zh pairing, which is one of the pairs in Russian, and it has more consonants that do that. In fact, it has 12 consonants or six pairs. And you can see here on the chart on the third slide of the PowerPoint, where we have these voiced consonants, b, v, g, d, z, and z, and they are paired with their voiceless counterparts, p, f, k, t, sh, and s. And if you think about uh, the alphabet, you will notice that in the Russian alphabet, the voiced consonants all come in the first half of the alphabet, and then the unvoiced or voiceless consonants all come in the second half of the alphabet. So Russian starts off with its voiced consonants, and then it goes over into the voiceless counterparts in the second half of the alphabet. So that's kind of an easy way to remember it. There are also some consonants that are unpaired. So the consonants L, M, N, and R are unpaired and they are voiced. While the consonants H, C, Ch, and Sh are unpaired and they are voiceless. And we will talk a little bit more later about how they affect other consonants around them. But for the most part, they are not part of the system that we are about to discuss. Only the consonants in that purple chart on slide three of the PowerPoint are in this system of devoicing that we are about to discuss. So what is voicing and devoicing? In Russian, 
uh, consonants can change their quality of being voiced or voiceless depending on where they are in the word and what other consonants are around them. So a voiced consonant can become devoiced, which is the most common thing to happen, or a voiceless consonant can become voiced. This happens a little less often, but it can also happen. And the most common way for this to happen is when we have what's called word final devoicing. So with word final devoicing, if one of the voiced consonants from that set of six pairs is at the end of a word, it is pronounced like its voiceless partner. And this is something that confuses a lot of heritage speakers. They know how the words sound, uh, and so they write them with the voiceless consonant at the end because that's what they hear instead of the correct consonant, which is the voiced consonant. So for example, klyb, bread, is pronounced klyb. Napisav, uh, the gerund or verbal adverb having written, is pronounced napisav. Bog, god, is pronounced bog. Ploshids, a city square, is pronounced ploshids. Pliaj, a beach, is pronounced pliash. Slios, tears in the genitive plural, is pronounced slios. And if you're confused, uh, probably most non-heritage speakers will not find this confusing. Non-heritage speakers tend to get chipped up over the pronunciation. But if you are a heritage speaker uh, and you find this confusing, the thing to do is to add an ending. If you're not sure whether the correct spelling of a word should have the voiced or the voiceless consonant at the end, uh, for example, if you hear chlip and you're not sure if it should be written with a pe or a ba, just add an ending. And as soon as you add an ending, the original quality, the underlying quality of the consonant as either voiced or voiceless will come through. So when we add an ending to chlip, we get chlieba. When we add an ending to slios, we get sliosli. So for example, the nominative plural is sliosli, and then the genitive plural is slios. And so that's a handy tip for heritage speakers. For non-heritage speakers, like I said, you're probably not gonna have a problem with the spelling. The problem is going to be in the pronunciation. And so you just have to remember to de-voice most of your consonants if they're at the end of a word. Similarly, if you have a consonant cluster at the end of the word, uh, not only will the last consonant de-voice if it's the right kind of consonant, but all the preceding consonants will also de-voice. So the most common example is the word dojd, rain, uh, which is normally pronounced dosht. So that soft d at the end is going to be pronounced as a t, and then it's going to devoice the z as well, which will become a sh. So dojd becomes dosht. Uh, and as a side note, uh, you can see that it doesn't matter whether a consonant is soft or hard. Uh, they can both be devoiced. So we have, for example, ploshit and dosht. Both of those are soft des that devoice into soft tes. And once again, with something like dosht, all you have to do is add an ending and you see that you regain the underlying voiced quality of the consonants. So we have padajdyom, under the rain, for example.
The same thing applies with consonant clusters within words. You won't have the word final devoicing, but if you have a consonant cluster within a word, uh, the voiced or voiceless nature of that final consonant in the cluster will cause all the preceding consonants to voice or devoice. So for example, the adjective Arabski, Arabic, is pronounced Arabski. Or Franzuski, French, is pronounced Franzuski. So it's very common with these ski adjectival endings, you're going to devoice whatever comes before the ski. And then there are some consonants that don't follow these rules or don't quite follow these rules. So the voiced consonants V, L, M, N, and R do not affect the voiced or voiceless quality of the preceding consonant. So all of the unpaired voiced consonants, that's L, M, N, and R, plus the paired voiced consonant V, it also falls into this category. If you have another consonant before V, L, M, N, and R, it will not voice if it is voiceless. And we can see this in words such as zvat, to call, versus svadba, a wedding. Both of them have a V, as the second consonant in a consonant cluster, and you can see that zv is pronounced zv and sv is pronounced sv. Or in zloy versus sloy, so zloy is an adjective meaning mean, bad, or evil, and sloy is a noun meaning a lair, and they both have a consonant followed by l, and that first consonant does not change its voiced or voiceless quality. So you can hear the difference between zloy and sloy. In the same way, but oppositely, the unpaired voiceless consonants chutz, ch, and sh will cause preceding consonants to devoice. We see this most commonly in the word opshi, general or common, and its various derivatives such as obshijitia. So that b before the sh in opshi or obshijitia is pronounced more like a p. And there's your quick overview about voicing, devoicing, and voiceless or voiced consonants. Uh, I hope you found it reasonably helpful and not too confusing. Again, the best thing to do is to read and to listen. It's very helpful to read along while listening to stuff being read out loud. That's one of the best ways to pick this up and to learn how words are both pronounced and spelled.